Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin. I'll be hosting a special live broadcast tonight on 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is here tonight to talk about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls. So please make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your opportunity to talk to the doctor directly. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back. You're listening to 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical show here on 760 WJR. I'm Siobhan Cronin here with Anne-Marie Cronin, as well as our dear friend Ashley. And we are here today to talk to you about prevention and why you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is here joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We invite you to call in if you have a question at 800 859 0957. Again, that's 800 859 0957. Dr. Collender, great to be back with you. Anne Marie, everybody here. And we were talking over the break on our Facebook Live broadcast about, you know, these headlines that we see and, and, um, you know, how people are finding out about studies that are going on and some of the misinformation that might occur in the translation from what's going on, whether these studies are sort of pitted against you in a certain way. So can you elaborate on that? Yeah, you know, I'm I'm on LinkedIn. I don't do a whole lot of social media, which I should apparently from what I hear, but you're not missing anything. No, thank you. Um so He's missing a lot, but go ahead. You know, I'm getting things from, you know, medical areas and one of them is that supplements do not prevent heart disease. So, you know, they're looking at garlic and they're looking at some of these other just random supplements that are Can you gar- define who they is? Like what they, type of studies are we talking right, about? Right. So This was a study that was put out by the American Heart Association. So this is a big name. The American Heart Association says that supplements are not great at preventing heart disease. And then when you get into the study, the study didn't prove that supplements do or do not prevent heart disease. The study shows that supplements do not lower LDL. And if you are a regular listener, you'll know that LDL cholesterol does not predict risk. Yet the title of the study, and it's all over the internet, tells us that supplements are not are misrepresenting their value. Yeah. And that the end game is that the FDA should be regulating supplements, which you know I think would be a disaster. Um, the less FDA, the better. So we have a, a yeah, so let's, let's jump to the cause, but I want to continue this conversation. We have two on the line right now. Let's start first with Joe and Macomb. Joe, what's your question? Um, I have a question. I guess we're really related to uh, uh, dementia. I don't know if we're, we're out of the area, but my wife has been getting really cognitively worse and worse. We went to the doctor, and the doctor said, well, it's because she's not taking her sertraline. And I don't think... I don't think that that's what it is because uh, it, it's, it's not a depression symptom. There's just total confusion, inability to function. And the doctor had her on some supplements, and uh, sertraline is like an antidepressive. Well, so Joe, like, no. um, thanks for hijacking the show. 
So you, <laughs> just, in, in a good way. In, in a, a good, good way. way. Right. So <laughs> you know the you know if your loved one is seems to have issues with memory, they need really a cardiovascular workup, and the reason is your brain has hundreds of millions of arteries that feed brain cells. And in my opinion, most neurodegenerative diseases are also driven by inflammation. So we, you need to figure out, you know, markers that recognize risk for your wife and a whole body approach to improving her health. So your doctor telling you that her depression medicine is not being optimized is really sad, you know, because, you know, you're going to go change medicine or increase the dose or take it more regularly. And then months and months, if not a year or two may go by while you're tinkering with this medicine, you're losing time, valuable time in brain cells to figure out how to protect our memory and all of our memories. So it's very important to identify objective markers of disease and you may need to suggest like a neurologist appointment, but even then you go to neurologists, I hate to say it, they do not have any remedies for depression, for dementia. All they're going to do is get a lot of MRIs, EEGs, which are, you know, brainwave studies. They may do uh, neurocognitive uh, studies. And unfortunately the end result is take another drug for delaying the onset of, of Alzheimer's and dementia. But it's important to get a full workup, and so you should do that. Yeah, I totally agree. I'm listening to what you're saying, and absolutely, he has, he, his wife needs to be seen by a neurologist. Do we have another sure, Yeah, let's call? go to the next caller. So we have Greg from Shelby on the line. Greg, thanks for calling. What's your question? Hey, good evening, you guys. Mr. Positive, hey, real quick, wish me luck. I'm going in for surgery the 28th to reconnect my colon. But um, Dr. Collender and the All-Star crew, got to ask you, you're talking about supplements and maybe they do or they don't work. But could you arguably say that natural foods, because of the preservatives, the um, chemicals and stuff like that, uh, potentially would not offset um, arterial disease, uh, you know, brain issues, because in this day and age, we don't have natural foods that are pure and good for us. Like when my mom, who's older than 80, 50, 60, 70 years ago, it was more pure food. So could we arguably assess right now that supplements and the foods that we eat, whether they're good or bad, nothing really works and it's a crapshoot? Well, Greg, I, I'm going to interrupt you for a yeah. sec because we're I'm done with the segment, but we'll come back and answer your question. Uh, yeah, so stay, the, stay on the line, Greg. Okay. Well, we'll start with your question on the other side of the break. Um, but in the meantime, yeah. you are listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID to avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live weekly medical show on 760 WJR. We are back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician in Birmingham, Michigan. 
As a recognized leader in the field of catastrophic disease prevention, including heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and many chronic conditions, he's here tonight to give us some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. Through advanced and more sophisticated diagnostic technology, we are now able to arrest and reverse the process of these silent killers. We're inviting listeners to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, we got a call from Greg and Shelby right before the break, so maybe we can jump back into what he was asking about, um, elaborate on his question, and then continue what we were talking about on Facebook Live. Right, so Greg was asking about organic foods, basically, you know, shouldn't we be eating healthier to reduce inflammation as a driver of chronic disease? And the question is absolutely, it's absolutely. Lifestyle is the foundation of prevention. And a lot of times I want my patients to be optimizing their lifestyle before I go to medication. So it depends on the person. We got to evaluate their risk, evaluate their other drivers of disease and make a decision. Do we have time to opt to optimize lifestyle, which includes eating healthy foods, clean foods, organic, mostly plant-based? There's a lot of information about the Mediterranean diet being the best longevity diet. So we, it'd be great if we all could do lifestyle, except we live in a toxic environment. So, you know, I was in Greece a month ago. The food tastes better. Why? There's no pesticides. Everything's organic. It's grown healthy. You know, it's farm. Everything's farm to table. And I'm lactose intolerant. I went and had goat milk ice cream. No problem. Mm -hmm. So I'm able to have goat milk ice cream. But if I had cow milk dairy here, I'd be dead. But what is the source of that problem? Is this something that the FDA is approving certain ingredients and the things that we're consuming that is, that is not approved in other countries? Like what, what is the source of this thing slipping through the cracks that we're consuming these toxic things? Choices made years ago for volume over quality. That's really what it is. It's just a general thing. Choosing a cow phenotype, like a cow that can make more milk means it's lesser quality milk and inflammatory driven. So the cows in Europe, make milk that doesn't have inflammatory proteins, but maybe they don't produce as much. And they're just not covering their fields with pesticides. They just don't have the need to grow the quantities that are needed to grow here. Um, I mean, unfortunately, our main staples of food here are corn and soy, which are inflammatory for a lot of things. And processed corn, you know, is driving the food industry. It's not just used to make food, it's made to make products. So well, corn isn't everything. I mean, that's, that's one thing I notice when you go to the grocery store, it's either cornstarch, modified cornstarch, some sort of preservative involving corn. And you, you're right. You don't see that in other countries. It's pure cane sugar or something else. And unfortunately, starches of all kinds help promote insulin resistance, which is, a you know, we talk about this all the time as being a driver of chronic disease, the silent killer. And so having healthy source food is critical which is very difficult to get in America, period. You just got to do the best you can. And is it as good as any place in Europe? No, because it's limited here. Everything's been tainted in one way or another. Yeah. Um, so back to our Well, we were talk. talking about vitamin D, vitamin so over, D. The, over the break. Well, so I get this, you know, this uh, 
notice about a study from the American Heart Association on LinkedIn from another prominent doctor who I happen to follow about this is why everything should be regulated by the FDA. And that is because all of these products are being promoted as heart healthy when in fact they don't reduce heart disease. The problem with the study is they didn't study heart disease as an outcome. They were saying, does the, do these products lower LDL? Well, lowering LDL does not mean you're preventing heart disease. It just means you didn't lower LDL. And if for the listeners that know LDL is a cholesterol number that most of our doctors use as a gauge of their success or failure at preventing heart disease, and regular listeners will know LDL is the least effective lipid marker at identifying risk for disease. Why do we check it here in America? Because LDL has a pharmaceutical treatment, period. Yeah. Yeah. So let's continue this, but let's take the caller while we have it. We have David on the line in Windsor. David, what's your question? Yes. Good, 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 Good evening, guests, distinguished guests. The question that you had, the topic that you had earlier about dementia and somebody being diagnosed with dementia and all, on all the medications. What about the idea of like the certain thing catching like the proper diagnosis and more dietary measures that can help that? Because sometimes when you get into uh, dementia, you get into the doctor's office and any other type of uh, mental issues as well. Don't you think that with more medication that you're on, the more likely that the, that the medication that you're on is going to cause further problems to your body. What, can, what are the major things that you can look at on that? Well, thanks for calling, David. You know, you, you're touching on an important point, and that point is disease identification. So Joe, who is our first caller today, sorry, Greg, but Joe beat you to punch. Joe calls and says, you know, his wife goes to the doctor, and, you know, his her dementia is being misdiagnosed as depression and that the doctor is treating her depression or her dementia with antidepressants. It's important to identify the disease that you're treating. So in my practice, I use, I want to say a very difficult to do, you know, AI driven um, cognitive tests that helps identify dementia. Uh, We don't really have great available imaging to identify dementia as a screening tool. And we've talked about this on many shows that I would like to try in my practice to use brain MRIs with volumetrics, which means you can measure the parts of the brain by volume. And the areas of the brain that are affected by a specific disease should be smaller, like that part of the brain shrinking as a gauge of that disease is happening. And as a, as a, as a forerunner. So before someone has symptoms, I can look and say, Hey, this area of the brain is shrinking. This disease is on its way. What do I got to do to fix it? Along with a functional measurement of disease, like this cognitive test that we do in our office on a regular basis. So Joe's wife needs to be diagnosed with dementia to a high degree of certainty so she can receive the right treatment. And The challenges with diagnosing dementia right now is that most doctors use a very short two-minute quiz 
basically it's a quiz, a memory quiz. And in my experience, when I used to do those, you've got to be severely demented to fail it. You, you know, it's everyone memorizes it. Even people with dementia can memorize the answers to this quiz and walk in. And and I had patients would walk in the door for their physical, for the lab portion and the the disease, you know, the testing part, and they'd walk in quoting the answers to the memory test. Like, don't even do this. Here's the answers. Well, you would also think for something so serious, it would be longer than a two-minute test, right? As This is a really big deal. And to have a two-minute screening for it seems This is insane. how little your government cares, you know, and, the, and everybody cares. They're just going to give you some crappy test that, well, remember, the rest of the doctors are practicing in a volume in a volume environment. They don't have that long with patients. They've got to figure out this stuff in 30 seconds. So here's a 30-second to 120-second quiz that the staff can run among the other 30-second quizzes to identify every other disease. So unless you have severe dementia, you're going to pass that test. Yeah, absolutely. Well, definitely some changes need to be made for better screening across the board. Uh, but in the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. And again, you are listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and would like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke or have a question on any of the subjects discussed tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You are listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m. and live Thursday at 7. We are inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800 859 0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, over the break, as always, we were, you know, continuing the discussion about supplements and misinformation and, and, you know, a lot of the things that are going on that consumers might be confused not knowing what to do without some sort of guidance about what are the benefits and costs of the things they're taking. So let, let's keep talking about that. What else do you have to say? That's great. But I also want to advise listeners that they might want to watch the show on Facebook and on YouTube because we talk a lot off the air and we carry these conversations on. And some of our most candid moments are on the commercial break. break. So, I mean, we're giving as much information off the air as we are on. Absolutely. And so, so yeah, to say that again, tune into the WJR uh, Facebook stream or Anne-Marie Cronin Agency where we're streaming on both pages and you're welcome to send in your questions. We don't have to announce your name if you don't want either. You know, send in anything that you want us to talk about because, yeah, we're continuing these discussions over the break off the live air. So, I mean, so general... A lot of studies that are looking at supplements as are they really doing what they've been purported to do? Um, and the answer is the studies that are being done, in my opinion, are not being done well. And so they're not answering the question that the study was designed to answer. Like, does vitamin D prevent fractures? Does vitamin D improve your immune system? Do other supplements prevent heart disease? And we live in a world of one problem, one pill. 
you know, everyone thinks, well, I've got this problem. I've got acid reflux. I've got this pill. I've got heart disease. I've got this pill. I got blood pressure. I got this pill. I got diabetes. I got this pill. That's what the pharma industry wants you to think. I got a problem. I got one to three pills for each problem. And that is not how prevention is managed. So when they're looking at does vitamin D do any of these things? Does it improve your immune system? Does it prevent heart disease? Does it prevent fractures, which is how I think about vitamin D? If you are not applying a whole body solution to the problem, you are not able to study it properly because I don't have my patients just take, here's a look. And in these studies, they are underdosing vitamin D, period, underdosing it. So you cannot say anything about vitamin D when you're giving somebody a subtherapeutic dose. Mm-hmm. So that's the first thing. So they're making comments about anything giving a subtherapeutic dose. Second is each of these conditions require their own special additional recommendations. Like we're saying off the air, you don't just say take vitamin D. It's take your vitamin D, optimize it. You know, that's the key to prevention is But you need someone to help you with that too, because how can you know what optimize means in, on your own? You don't. And, the, and neither does your doctor. You know, so when you go to the your gynecologist, endocrinologist, or your internist, and we're just saying you're 65 years old, women go get a bone density test, and if it's abnormal, you get put on a calcium supplement and a drug. And what I do with my patients is I don't even check bone density tests. I tell them, optimize your vitamin D, take a dietary calcium, and now there are dietary calciums available as a pill, algae-based calcium pills. And the reason I don't recommend the traditional over-the-counter calcium supplements is because they cause heart disease. And for every fracture you're preventing, you might be causing two heart attacks by supplementing calcium. So we want dietary-based calcium supplements for women, high-dose vitamin D, and weight-bearing exercise. Specific, you, know, you just can't say, here's your vitamin D and let me see how you do. Of course, you're going to fail. Mm-hmm. You got to put a whole body approach to it. Okay, I, I want to jump in here because I'm listening to both of you talk about this. And what's going through my mind as you're talking is something's wrong with this picture. And here's what's wrong with this picture is the whole country is thinking that if I run around and exercise and take these supplements and go into the vitamin shop and the you know, the uh, healthcare shop and buy all these pills that are basically supplements, that somehow that's going to prevent a heart attack or a stroke, but certainly heart attack because that's what most people are worried about. When on the other side, here we have this technology that's state-of-the-art, CIMT, the the gallery test, the CT cardiac calcium scoring test. It's out there, granted, not covered by insurance. Your doctor's not going to recommend it. But that is an actual picture of what's going on in your arteries. Why not just get these tests done? Because the tests are, that's like instead of floating around in the dark buying pills and buying supplements, they should all be coming in and getting screening. Everybody should be getting screening. Everybody. Great point because on the next study was do these supplements prevent heart disease? And in the study, they're using LDL as a surrogate for heart disease prevention. The reality is you need better data to measure your risk. LDL measurements mean nothing. 
yet there's a headline in the newspaper and on TV that XYZ supplements don't work. And the reality is you didn't learn anything by that study. And this is the American Heart Association. But remind us, but I think we might have discussed this over the break. Why is LDL being used as the metric for that? What is the underlying issue here? Because there's a pharmaceutical product to lower LDL. Exactly. So that is why LDL is being used as, as a marker for prevention in our country, when really the marker for prevention should be inflammation markers that measure risk and the objective measure of physiologic risk in your body, which is a CIMT measurement. Right. And is it possible that MRI with volumetrics is a measure of risk of neurodegenerative diseases? We still have to learn that. I mean, there are doctors who've been studying this for 30 years. They think, yes, you can take pictures of your brain and identify risk, apply a holistic approach, a whole, when I mean holistic, I don't mean supplements. I mean a whole body approach, everything, everything we talk about all the time, and you can reverse neurodegenerative disorders. So, yeah, you're right, Amory. You need the no, right data. Yeah, and first of all, people can't do it on their own. I mean, I, I listen to this all the time. I've been doing this show for years, and it's like, okay, you know, you you people talk about doctors will talk about well, eat healthy, you know, take your supplements and uh, exercise and eat healthy. No one, and I mean no one outside of maybe Siobhan here who makes a career out of it, knows what to eat, what to take, and how to be even have a modicum of intelligence about what you, know, what you need to follow to stay somewhat healthy. And here we have, perfect case. What was her CIMT? Was it perfect? No, no, it wasn't perfect. Exactly. But there you go. There's a perfect example. Because here's someone who's young in her 30s, follows all the strategies to stay healthy, exercises, eats healthy, vegan, all, all, everything all fits into the, to the picture. The picture was wrong. But guess what? The CIMT told the story. The CIMT showed you, and it's a simple, easy, dumbed-down test that you can get. It's not, it's not interventional. It doesn't hurt. It takes seven minutes. Okay, you're paying two, $300 out of your pocket, but you're actually seeing what's going on as opposed to guessing. And that information is actionable, meaning when you see what's really happening with your arteries along with labs that measure vascular health activity, and looking at other silent killers, you know, the other drivers of disease, you get a full picture of what you need to do in terms of a path to healing your arteries. And that process also prevents other chronic diseases. And so this is why, unfortunately, you cannot listen to anything on the media or your doctor about what you need to do or are you healthy or not, because none of these things are being done. And you have no idea what to do unless you're checking the right day and have somebody to walk you down that path. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I mean, we've had so many callers call in because they are very much in the dark about those things. So it's incredible information. You need a shepherd. No yes, doubt about it. For sure. For now, we have to take a quick break, but you are listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subjects we're discussing and would like to hear from the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You are listening to 760 WJR.
Welcome back to the final segment of our special weekly live broadcast here on News Talk 760 WJR on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800 859 0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. And before we jump back into discussion, I just want to say to all of the listeners on the air, we do stream on Facebook Live on WJR's page. So definitely tune in because over the breaks, we continue the conversation and often make a lot of breakthroughs <laughs> off the air. Right. So definitely, I mean, there's there's so much more discussion that goes on there on top of what you hear on the air. So if you can get on Facebook, definitely um, tune in there, send in your questions. But coming back, Dr. Collender, we were talking over the break, as I mentioned, um, you know, about other types of screening that would still kind of progressive. That's not really quite happening yet. We were talking about MRIs with volumetrics. Can, can you talk a little bit about what we were discussing on the Facebook live stream? Right. So, I mean, Siobhan, you asked, you know, why aren't we doing brain imaging for psychiatry diseases? And so I was telling the story of my, you know, we've talked a lot about how my journey of prevention started. And yes, it began with my transition to concierge medicine, but it really began at a lecture that I did not attend, plan on attending. I just, I had one lecture scheduled that got canceled and I moved to another state with another group and another lecture. And I was seeing, uh, I don't mind dropping his name, Dr. Daniel Amen, who is a, you know, nationally recognized doctor who manages psychiatric illnesses using disease identification. So, when, you know, his screening is $3,000, which is ex very expensive. But he's doing disease identification and applying a whole-body approach to prevention, and he can show that his process heals brains. And so I'm doing that process but without the disease identification, because I'm not interested in charging $3,000 for a really fancy brain image. But it'd be nice to do MRIs that are less expensive, but they're still, you know, 500 bucks maybe to get brain volumetrics as a screening test. So um, it's, it's challenging to dis identify disease. Mm -hmm. uh, but he said what I needed to hear in this lecture for me to change my life around and set my practice down this journey. And here we are today educating listeners. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, let's jump in. We've got a question uh, from a caller. We have Jim in Oxford on the line. Jim, what's your question? My question is, my doctor ordered me that cardiac calcium scoring. And my question is, is, I re is that reliable, the results? Um, the reason I asked that, apparently I scored a perfect zero on every part of that scan. Well, those are reliable. So the good news is you do not have plaque that generates calcium. The bad news is that 20% of people who have heart attacks have zero calcium scores. So in other words, it's not comprehensive. There's more information that you need, right? Right. And so this is why you need to do a CIMT also, because you did not identify the disease by the calcium score, which is a great way to do it. So now you need a CIMT that like, 
takes a much more higher resolution look at your arteries, finds plaque, um, and gives you data that you can follow to measure your progress of a preventative program. So it's important to look at all your vascular beds to identify disease. So, you know, one of the things that we're starting to do in my practice, if a patient comes in and they do their CIMT and it's totally normal, we go ahead and we're going to start going ahead and doing femoral, which means the arteries in your groin to look for plaque. We don't want to miss identifying plaque because it's the number one killer in this country. So congratulations on a zero calcium score, but your work is not done. Do not assume that your risk is zero because it is not, even though the probability of disease is listed on that report is low. You cannot assume that. You need to get more information and get a CIMT test. Yeah, absolutely. So so just to reiterate, what what are the functional differences between what the CT calcium score is measuring and the CIMT? Because as you mentioned, they kind of need to both be done together to have a complete picture. Well, the the idea is disease identification. Just like the first caller said about his wife going to the doctor, he thinks she's got dementia and the doctor diagnoses her with depression. It's important to identify does she have dementia or not so she can get the right treatment. The CIMT is my first line screening test because it's more heart disease and plaque are so common. Uh, this has a higher resolution. It's, it's, it's more likely to find subclinical disease than a CT calcium score. If my CIMT, so most people have abnormal CIMTs. I hate to say it, but they do. Maybe. 85% of the people are abnormal. For the 15% that are normal, then I have them go get a CT calcium score. If their CIMT is abnormal, then the, even if there's a little plaque, I don't need a calcium score. I've identified the disease. Mm-hmm. Um, the disease the, being what? Inflammation, in other words. Atherosclerosis. Okay. Plaque. Yeah. Um, so that's what you want to identify because that's the process. That condition causes heart attack strokes, strokes and dementia. Mm-hmm. And the process of reducing your plaque doesn't just stop those conditions, but it may have an impact on many other seemingly unrelated chronic diseases that are driven by inflammation. So it's important to have data points to follow and then make sure all your vascular beds are clean. So I don't send that many people for CT calcium scores anymore unless their CIMT is pristine then we need it to look. And if their calcium score is negative, well, now we'll start doing femorals earlier. We have to keep looking at the vascular beds because heart disease is so common. It's the number one killer of all diseases. It's more, it kills more people than every other disease combined. Mm-hmm. Yeah, powerful statement. So in the remaining minute and a half, let's say, what, what, what do you want to leave the listeners with tonight? Well, the most important thing is to get a disease identifying tests. Get your CIMT for heart disease. If it's normal or you can't get one, then get the calcium score and demand from your doctor to diagnose you properly. You know, not just walk in and say, oh, I don't think this is your problem. You have depression, but do some kind of test to screen you for the disease that you think you have. Don't let, don't walk out the door without a diagnosis. You need that. So now you're, then you're focused on what your goals are. And 
you know, then you can take a deeper dive on what you've got to do because obviously the first caller is not getting any information from their doctor. And we've had many callers and I've got many patients who've had to take their lives in their own hands to what do I do now and who's going to help me? And they end up in my office. Yeah. And regarding any studies that people see, is there any advice, you know, that you should just don't pay attention, talk to your doctor? What What's the answer? Well, the, the answer, I mean, you've got to, if you can't get a CIMT, you get the calcium score. If you, you know, if you can get a, a CIMT, do that. But everyone and, can get the CIMT. They can just call you. Call right. you at your 1-800 number, 866-CALENDAR. And you know who's got the machine, where it is, where the technology is. Everybody can get it. There's no such thing as only the elite can get it or the, the cognoscenti can get it. Everyone can get it. They just Absolutely. need to know where to get it. Right, right. Absolutely. The most important test. That's my last word. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Well, unfortunately, we are out of time. So I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Collender, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards not only to the prevention of disease, but also the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Collender Medical. I'm Siobhan Cronin, your co-host here tonight with Anne-Marie Cronin for tonight's show. And we hope that you got some useful information on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune in to our shows Sunday afternoon at 3 p.m., Thursday evening at 7 p.m. live for the latest medical updates. Thanks for listening to 760 WJ.